they want. They want to see hitters. They want to see stars. They want to see robbers. They want to see killers. They just want to see me and my niggas. How we building? Let's do this. That's what they want. They want to see hitters. They want to see trap stars. They want to see robbers. They want to see killers. They just want to see me and my niggas. How we living? Alright everyone, we're back with another episode. Your yeah, host, uh, Caldrick and your boy Warren G Wagwan, you dealing with. Alright, alright. Shout out to Amadeus, shout out to the OTR staff. Uh Warren, let, let the listeners know what OTR stands for. OTR, off the record, voices from the inside out. You already know what it is. Let's get into this. So just to recap, mental disruption is basically uh, mental health issues that can come up when you're placed in a situation that alters your lifestyle that's what we're talking about that's how we're we're, we're meaning it right right culture yeah definitely for sure and just to, to to focus it a little bit more we're talking about mental disruption that has the connection with being incarcerated um sure and, and what that can what effects that can cause in an individual um so the first half was about your mental psyche while being incarcerated, going in and doing the time in there. Now we're going to look at what it's like coming out of uh, the prison system. And, um, you know, the, the, the question is, is there an effect? Is there a short-term, long-term? Is there any type of effect or mental traumatic things that go on with an individual once they are released from prison? Um, Warren, I know, and the listeners know, you did a bit of a stretch uh, in your past. So I just want to ask you, you know, was there a mental, uh, disruption for you when you came out? Obviously there was probably a lot when you were in, but when you came out, was it, was it a sense of relief and everything was gone or that's when things just started really like, you know, disrupting your mental psyche. Right. Um, well for me, like, uh, I was in there for like 11 years when I, when I got out, um, I guess the first mental disruption, I want to call it, was a was a sense of surrealness i felt like i was in a dream and um for the first i want to say two days maybe even three i like i didn't sleep at all not even one wink um i'm not sure if it was sensory overload or i just wasn't used to you know not hearing the doors click and and lock every night before i went to sleep but that that was a real thing for me and it kind of made me seek professional help but the, that didn't work it because these people already know how to like talk to people like me you know what i'm saying so um yeah after that um i'm pretty sure i was diagnosed with ptsd though i didn't receive any treatment for it um but yeah man it, it definitely fucked with my head being in there for for so long and then and then coming out and and then you know experiencing things i haven't experienced in in a while you know and it's, it's crazy crazy for sure so that's crazy and i and i didn't even know that so you what what made you feel like you needed to go and get professional um well the lack of sleep number one mm-hmm. like i wasn't sleeping at all even though i was like dead tired like i couldn't sleep um which kind of led me to start smoking weed and if anybody knows me from back in the day when i used to when i was doing my time like smoking weed was never my thing so um smoking weed became my thing just uh just to catch a few you know catch a few z's you know what i'm saying so 
that prompted me to seek professional help because it's like, fuck, if I need a drug to go to sleep, then I like, I, I need to fix the problem. Um, but again, unfortunately, I, I went to, um, to speak to a psychologist and there was no help whatsoever. So I'm still pumping it down every night. Um, and yeah, it's just, um, a lot of people say like they're institutionalized and they, they, they jump in the shower with their, their, their boxers on and, and, and all that stuff like that, that didn't really happen to me. It was more so like my mental disruption came to, it was more like I couldn't interact with family members and friends in the same way I used to before my bid. You feel what I'm saying? Like before I was more friendly, I was more sociable um more physical like you know hugging dapping all that all that stuff you know what i'm saying to show affection to the people that you love the most but like when i got out i i i felt the difference like i didn't really you know want to hug i didn't really want to um like show affection like that and it wasn't like i didn't want to it was just like i didn't know how to anymore like it wasn't natural for me you know what i'm saying and and that was a, another um thing that pushed me to to, to seek help but again, it was really disappointing when I, <laughs> when I saw all that hope. But um, yeah, the mental disruption was real for me, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Wow, that's crazy. Sorry that you had to go through that. You know, no, that's not. Um, but you went and got some help. Um, so how are things now? Um, it's, been, it's been how long now since you've been out? Uh, fuck, it's been about like three years. Going on three years now. So how are things now? Are you still, are, are there still some sort of trauma? Is there trauma left back or is there things that you still can't, you know, readjust back to, or is, are you good? Like 100% right. good back to normal. Yeah, no, see like the thing, the thing with me is like, um, I'm good now. I want to say I'm good now, but it's definitely not the same as it was before I went in. So like, this is like a new normal for me. You feel what I'm saying? So like, it's, it's good now because like I've been out for three years and this is just what it is now, but it's definitely not the same. You know, like I, again, I, I sought the help. I, I didn't get the help. I'm still smoking mad weed, even though like, I really don't like smoking weed, but now it's like, it's become, it's become ingrained in my day to day just to function. You feel what I'm saying? Like, um, before, before my bid, if I, got heated or whatever I, I used to punch walls i used to like, do all this weird shit when i was a kid then when i went to jail um i kind of calmed down and then i learned self coping mechanisms while i was in jail but those self coping mechanisms didn't translate the same way on road you feel what i'm saying like in jail i used to just you know lock up in my cell turn on turn on some music or watch tv or write a fucking chapter of a book I was writing or a poem or, or, or whatever, you know what I'm saying here? I can't really do that. I can't just lock up in my room. The world, the world's going on. You feel what I'm saying? I can't just, um, write a book. There's too much things going on. You feel what I'm saying? So like the coping mechanisms that I learned from in there, I couldn't translate out here. And, um, again, I just had to, I just had to, um, make room for it and, 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 and figure out ways around it and again this has become my new normal you know what i'm saying so the me mental disruption um has become my way of life you, you feel what i'm saying okay okay damn that's crazy man and then that's the thing it, it it happens to a lot of people and you were able to get professional help and you were able to 
find different coping me mechanisms. No, I'm, I'm going to stop you. I, I sought professional help and I spoke yeah. to somebody, but again, zero help. <laughs> so I didn't, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't get help. I did not get no help whatsoever. This girl was trying to make me like fucking, uh, do some like stupid fucking remedial shit that like, it, it didn't make sense to me. Like it was just like, so see-through like, ah, fuck. I wish I can remember some of the, some of the things that she was telling me to do, but it was just so like stupid. It was just like, that's not going to help. Breathing exercises. Breathing <laughs> exercises. Like shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like stupid shit like that. It's like, nah, like, nah man. Like <laughs> that's not going to help me in this situation. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's not, that's not going to help how, you know, how, um, how I see people looking at me when, 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 when I apply for jobs or like how I see or how I, you know, miss interacting with my little brothers and shit. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's not the same as, as it was before. Like, do you, do you have, you know, coping mechanisms for that? And yeah, she'll say, say shit like, yeah, breathing exercises and uh, mindful, mindfulness techniques. And, and that's good. Like, I'm not knocking that, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's good, but it wasn't applicable for me in, in, in my situation or in, in um, in my life at that time or at this time you feel what i'm saying so yeah i just want to i just want to clarify that and i just want to highlight that the the professional help for black men um especially those who have experienced the trauma of uh incarceration or even just fucking gang life um it's it's not it's not existent there there's there's no professional help and i i really hope that we we figure that out you know no for sure for sure and definitely because the, the, the thing that, you know, that I, I don't know if a lot of people realize it or not is there's, there's different help for different people. You know what I mean? Because um, for me, like, for instance, I, I didn't, as we all know, like, I, I didn't do a long stretch, but I did a handful of little bits here and there, right? That, that could, you know, eventually add up to a stretch. But for me, um, there's still there's still some some trauma involved with it, you know? And there's uh, a, a mild case of depression, I would say, for me, because the thing is, I, when I was a kid, when we're all kids, we all plan to be, you know, successful or doing what we love to do or wanting to do certain things. And, and as, as, as a kid, I've always wanted to be a firefighter, always. Okay. Um, and it sucks because the criminal record that I have um, is never going to allow me to be a firefighter, right? Um, so that so that takes that takes my dream away. Um, it also takes away other types of dreams too because I can't travel to the U.S. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think there might be an issue with traveling to to England as well, right? So it's like when my friends are taking these road trips, they're going to New York or they're going to Atlanta and stuff like that, Vegas. I, I can never. I've never. I've only been to New York. I've never been to Atlanta. I've never been to Vegas or or any of those places, and I can never go. You, you know right. what I mean? Um, so it takes away a lot of dreams. So it creates it creates a, a level of depression for me. Um, okay. And then the 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 heavier weight on top of that is um, I don't qualify for a pardon at all whatsoever. Oh right? shit! So Why is that? because I have more than three indictable offenses, and I think it was in March of 2011 they mm -hmm. passed a law that if you have three or more indictable offenses. You do not qualify for a pardon. You can't qualify for a pardon. Um, and without being able to do, and, and the thing is, my last conviction was in 2011. Um, so with that, 
I can't apply for a pardon, meaning that um, I'll, I might never be able to travel to these places. In addition to that, I can never apply for my citizenship um, because I can't apply for a pardon. And it kind of sucks because I did have to go through an issue with immigration and it was a four year mm -hmm. battle because they had deported me based off of criminality. You know, so, so that, so that always hangs over my head that, that I can be kicked out of the country that I've been growing up in since I was six years old, you know, where I have children, family, I don't know anything about back in St. Vincent. The last time I was there for a visit was when I was 17 and 35. Now it's, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know anything down there. Right. Uh, so, so, so that leaves a level of trauma for me and a level of depression because I can't accomplish things or I can't, um, you know, reach any of my, my dreams that I, that I have for myself. I, I have to create new ones, um, and settle for what I can get. And, and that brings me into, uh, what I want to talk about is the diminish of self-worth and personal value. Mm -hmm. You know, being 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 in the prison, being in the prison system, you know, uh, inmates typically, you know, are denied basic privacy rights. They lose control over mundane aspects of their life. You know what I mean? Where it's you're confined to small spaces, your your privacy is taken away from you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you've you've got a shower, you've got to go in the shower uh, with your boxers on, and you can't even comfortably take a shower because you're looking around to see if you might get attacked in the shower because dudes be getting mm -hmm. attacked in the shower. You know right, what I mean? Right. And, and right. it's just like, you know, these 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 things that we take for granted when we're on road, um, they get taken away from us so much and it creates this sort of, um, it, it, it creates a diminish of self-worth. It, it kind of conditions you to believe that you don't deserve anything more than what's being given to you. And then coming out on road now and then, for instance, like me, I can't go, I can't travel certain places, I can't be a citizen, I can't vote, I can't do these things. I have now settled with the fact that I can't be as good as the person standing next to me that can do all these things. Right. You know what I mean? So my, my value has gone down. So when I stand beside somebody else that can do all these other things, I look at them and I said, they are of greater value than I am. Right. You know what I mean? And I, and I don't, I, I'm able to handle it, right? Um, I'm able to handle it, but some, some other people might not be able to handle it as much. You know what I mean? Especially if they have close family in the States that they like to go and visit and stuff like that. I have family in the States, but we're, we're not that close. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, those are the same, some of the things that I go through. Um, did you ever have, did you, do you face any of that? Like, you know, any type of self diminish or anything like that? I did for, for, for like probably the first year, um, of me being back on road, mm -hmm. I felt the exact same feelings that you're describing. Like, I felt like, you know, I wasn't like good enough. Like I would never mount to anything because of my conviction and because of my record and shit like that. Right. Like I was, con I was a convicted murderer. Like <laughs> the, the, the most I can do is probably like work in construction is what everybody was telling me. My parole, my, it's not my parole, my probation officer, my fucking, uh, my, ex-lawyer um my family they're saying yeah you know the only thing you can really do is work with your hands but it's like and again there's nothing wrong with working with your hands 
anybody that does construction, home improvement, all the power to you, but that's not my speed. You feel what I'm saying? So like for, for, for a good year, I felt like, fuck, what am I going to do? Like, and then, you know, I had my, um, my old friends, my old associates are saying, yeah, fuck brother, you already know what it is. Come back, come back to the dark side. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, the, the world is saying that you can only do construction and, and all these other jobs because of your record. But obviously we're kings. We can do so much more. Come, you know, come, come do this with us. Come do that with us. And, and these guys are making bands as, as you know, some of our, our, our listeners are, are familiar with, you know, when you, when you're in, when you're in that side of the, the tracks, it's very easy to, to make money. You feel what I'm saying? But even that I didn't want to get into, you know what I'm saying? Because I felt like that was something that I didn't want to go, go, go back into. And, and it was, um, it was a struggle for me for the, for that first year. So I, I was bouncing around between these like low paying jobs and my self-esteem was taking a hit because like with that, you know, like I just got um, introduced to the monster called social media and everybody was on Instagram flaunting their money. Everybody's on snap flaunting their bands. And here I am working at a burger shop, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I, 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 I definitely, I definitely felt that, but, um, I guess the way, the way I coped with that is, um, I said, fuck it. Like, I, I don't give a fuck what society thinks. I don't give a fuck what everybody else thinks. I'm going to, I'm going to make it. And if I need to make it, um, if I need to make it my own way, then I'm going to make it my own way. And then, you know, God opened up some doors for me and, 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 and that's how, that's how it went. Right. But there's, there's a lot of brothers who, um, who've touched road and, um, you know, did time with me and stuff and they, they contacted me and, and they're experiencing the same things, you know, like they, they don't know what to do. They, they, they feel like shit. They feel like the only way to get ahead in this world is to like, you know, fucking go back to the, to the life of crime. Cause they don't want to work with their hands or they don't want to do the jobs that society says that we need to do because again, we're quote unquote, not good enough. And I feel their pain. You know what I'm saying? I feel their pain. Um, yeah, man, it's just, Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, no, it's all good, man. Because I, I, I can understand. Um, what I want to talk about next is is the impact that that something like this can cause on family members and close friends. But before I do that, I just want to put it out there for the listeners. Um, if anybody is going through anything like this, if anybody is facing any kind of trauma or having issues with uh, adjusting, you know, back into regular life after just coming out of incarceration. There are, there are like a lot of support groups. There are a lot of, you know, um, support systems out there that you can tap into and definitely reach out to us. And, you know, we can, Warren and I can help assist with that. But even if you just want to have a little chop it up with me or Warren, just to talk about it and kind of like pick our brains on what, what we did and what helped and what didn't help, we're welcome to that too. So just a heads up for the listeners. You know, feedback, questions, everything, just hit us up. Um, but yeah, so moving forward, uh, I, I want to talk about the impact that that would have on, on family members and, and, you know, just trying to manage, you know, the triggers so you don't, you don't, you know, lash out to close friends and family members because they, they don't know... They, they don't know your experience. They don't know exactly what you, you went through. They can only imagine. Um, right. And they, they can hit you with a trigger that, that just makes you snap, you know, and, and how do you 
how do you manage things like that? Because you have to understand that they don't know. Um, and then you also don't want to lash out on them because, you know, these are your loved ones, your close friends and family members. So um, I'm going to start off by simply saying for me, and I think it's kind of like the same for a lot of people that, that do just get released. We kind of stay to ourselves for a, a couple weeks, you know, at least uh, mm-hmm. slowly. I know I, for me, I slowly started, you know, hitting people up and saying, hey, what's up? You know, I'm out such and such whatever it was only literally at the time you know my girlfriend probably my other closest friend at the time and then my my mom obviously my sisters and and stuff would know that i'm out but i i wouldn't i wouldn't really hit anybody else up i wasn't i know for some people they just they hit up everybody like yo i'm on road i'm on road let's link this you know for me that 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 wasn't it for me you know what i mean i because i I felt like I had to adjust to certain things. Like I had to adjust to the, to, to getting my space back, my bed, right. taking showers, food, you know, I, I had to adjust to so many things. The first thing right off the bat, I'm an original fat kid. So, um, <laughs> what I would do is when I was in the bin, when I would see commercials for like all the different fast foods, pizza, burgers, the new stuff that came out, oh, I'd make a Just list. <laughs> I make a list and as soon as I come out, like I, I know what I want the next day and the next day and the next day. And I remember one time I got released from the Don right. and right across from the Don is a KFC, right? So my mom and my cousin picked me up and they're like, you must be hungry or whatever the case is. Let's go get some KFC. I'm like, no, no, no. I want any of that. I know exactly what I want. Take me to Wendy's. I know exactly what I want. And we, we couldn't really find one in the downtown area and we kind of and my mom she's just like let's just get away from this jail as far as we can so we right. ended up going um down on queensway there and went to the wendy's there and i got what i wanted and that that just made my day and then i just started continuing after that so that's all i did when i came out i i just kind of readjusted and, and kind of started um appreciating the things that are being given back to me and right. just eat, you know, and and that's how I kind of started to be able to to manage my emotions um, by doing things like that, not just putting myself in the middle of a large group of friends and doing all of this and all that, you know, that wasn't it for me. Um, and then the other thing too was I I was more concentrating on what not to do, like what to do not to go back. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that overwhelmed my thoughts a lot too, because I was just like, well, I'm used to a certain type of life. You know what I mean? And now that I'm back out on road, I need to go make some bread. And there's only two or three ways I know how to do that. You know what I mean? I'm not going to get this really good paying job right away, right off the bat. So I got to do a one, two things. Well, I want to do one, two things because that's going to put me right back in. You know what I mean? Right. So just, yeah, just all of that. You know what I mean? Did, were there any issues like with any of your family members or loved ones when, when, when you were released, when you came out? Was there was there a disconnect? Oh, there was a huge disconnect, brother. Um, yeah, for sure. With like, uh, I don't want to, you know, start talking about who, 
I'm disconnected with because I'm not trying to like aggravate the the beef <laughs> um, even more. But like, there's there's certain family members I was like extremely close with before my incarceration um, that I am no longer close with, and you know, like um, them not visiting me or them not checking for me in the ways that I would want them to have checked for me obviously plays a part you know um i obviously i have this stigma of being a convicted uh convicted killer or being you know associated with gangs and guns and all that all that fuckery so um a lot of like my family members have just you know ignored uh, my existence pretty much you know what i'm saying like out of sight out of mind and even when like um i make the paper for like positive things like you know i i i i, I get you know uh messages from family members like maybe you should stop talking about your story because you know you're you're bringing down the family name and all this and all this stuff so yeah definitely there's there's been some um there's been some um yeah some blowback with with, with the family you know and 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 that's what sucks you know what i'm saying because it's it's the family that brings you back to who you were you you, you know what i'm saying and a, a lot of a lot of the guys that who are coming out and and, and they're contacting me they're experiencing the same thing All right, all right. So, yo, Caldrick, we talked about all the um, the negative aspects of um, being incarcerated and uh, what happens when you're released in terms of mental disruptions and what you feel and what you go through. But, like, what are some of the positive things that, that happened after you, you touched road, like, inside your mind? You know what I'm saying? Like, what was the good things that changed in your, in, in your mindset after jail? Shit, I'd, I'd have to say the top of the list is, fuck, I'm out now. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's <laughs> at the top of the list. So I mean, it's right. like, it, it's it's even though you do go through uh, the different levels of trauma and stuff like that, and, and your, your your brain is all fucked up because of the time that you just did, that you can always just be like, shit, I'm out. Like you know. So mm-hmm. that was one of the main things that kept me going. Um, but. I will say, like for one, like I said, I, I had to, I had to restructure my dreams and goals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was a saddening and a bit of a difficult process, but it was something that that took that took my time and energy, right? I, I was able to 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 focus on that. I had something to do other than focus on other things that I shouldn't have been focusing. You know what I mean? Okay. And in order to, to to rewrite that, I had to think out of the box i had to think positive so that that little process enabled more positive thinking for me. um and when i did my longest out of the handful of short bids that i did i actually came out um uh my daughter was born i i, I came out on a tap which um which put me in a position to be there for my second daughter. For our listeners, what is a a TAP? Oh, so TAP is basically a temporary temporary absence program. Um, And what that is, it's it's not parole, but um, you'd have to have a good reason to be released on that. Um, But it could be for um, a a situation at school where you have to physically be there. Um, it could be with a for a job or it could be a family members not well and you need to be there stuff like that and if the I guess the, the system 
feels that you're not a, a risk or you're not a flight risk and things like that, they'll grant you that. So it's temporary absence from from the jail, but there's a time frame when you come back and they trust that you'll come back. Um, for me, I was able to get TAP up until my parole um, because my parole was coming up within the next two months. Um, so, so, and I know that if I do good on my TAP, because they're giving me a chance, they're obviously going to give me my parole, right? Right. Um, so for me, it's like I, I had it in the bag, and, and that was that was the thing. They they gave me this this chance. I, I know it sounds kind of kind of fucked up because I don't want it to be like, oh, they gave me this, and I'm so grateful. You know, I, I am grateful, but I'm grateful to God for giving me that opportunity. I'm not grateful to the system. I I'm glad that the system has something like that in place. But y'all is the ones that put me in there in the first place. So. You know, mm-hmm. and I will take responsibility for my own doings because I did do something for you guys to put me there. But, you know, <laughs> it's just I don't like the system at all. So I hate thanking them. for this, but, um, but just having that mentality, knowing, you know what, if if I don't fuck up this opportunity, I'm going to get my parole and then I won't have to do a whole two years. Like, you know what I mean? And I could start moving on with my life. And and the TAP got me out to be there for my second daughter's birth. Um, and then it, it went into my parole, but it also helped me do some things I need to do to qualify for a program called Breaking the Cycle, um, which was an amazing, amazing, amazing dope program. And that program and, and the people that I had surrounded, um, surrounding me, my support systems, um, that put me into the, that was like the door that I stepped into that that opened up all the opportunities for me to kind of be where I'm at now. Um, and so having those things in place is what is what really helped me and being able to utilize that program for what it was and the people involved and the support systems and the joy of, you know, having the blessing of my second daughter, all of those things wrapped up helped me sort of reshape and restructure my goals and dreams. So I basically had a table full of all these positive things that I was working on that didn't allow me to go so deep into the negative. Not to say that I didn't. I had my times and moments when I did. And this is just one time when I was released. There are other times when I was released and I didn't have these things happening. So that, that was a positive that I could speak about that helped me get to a, a certain place. Um, and it was fun thinking of new goals and new dreams because like I said I had to think outside of the box and I had to explore myself a little bit more and see what else I wanted to do and what else I liked and what else I was good at you know so that that was that was my positive moment being released that I could speak about uh what about you uh fuck for me positive um I guess just to keep just uh give you like a short and narrow of it um it just put a lot of things in perspective for me um whereas before my incarceration, um, I didn't really give two thoughts about the consequences um, or what my actions really meant, like who would it, who it really, you know, impacted not only myself and not only, let's say, you know, the victim or, 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 or like whoever I was warring with or whoever I was like doing whatever against, like it, it impacted everybody, not, you know, like me, my family, my community, the victim their family strangers like it, it, it just it, it was it was a big ripple effect that i wasn't aware of 
So after my incarceration, like one of the positive things that um, was embedded in my psyche is that, you know, for everything that you do, that you have to, you have to pay, you have to pay for it. You feel what I'm saying? Like there, there's, there's, there's no getting away from it. Some people will, will commit a crime today and, and you know, they'll, they'll be laughing tomorrow, but like, you're, you're going to have to pay for it at some point. If not from, um, if not from the justice system, like I, I'm, I'm a big believer of karma. And if not karma, I'm a big believer of the law of God, you know what I'm saying? And, and God will make you pay for all, for all the things that you do. You feel what I'm saying? So, um, one of the biggest, one of the biggest, um, positive aspects of my incarceration it was just you know changing my perspective on on the uh, impact that my actions and even my words have in this reality you feel what i'm saying so yeah that's 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 where I'm, I'm i'm that's where i'm with it but um this is otr voices from the inside out thank you guys for listening this has been super dope this conversation i feel like we can talk about this over and over and for so long you, you what, what do you think, Algic? You, you think you oh, think we, we should? Uh... <laughs> we could definitely go on, definitely go on, but we don't want to ring out you guys' ears for too too long because then you'll get sick of us and you won't want to listen to the next episode. Um, right. So we're gonna cut it here. But in relation to that, we do have uh, a few special guests for the next episodes. So just in case you guys are just like shit, I'm tired of hearing Warren and Caldrick. Want to hear somebody else? Y'all gonna hear somebody else? Um, um, <laughs> so I hope you guys, um, stay tuned for the next episodes coming up. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, and like I said, shout out to Amadeus, uh, shout out to the whole TR squad. Um, hit us up, feedback, questions, um, anything that you guys can lend supports, anything. If, if we got any listeners from different organizations out there that can, can help uh, be a support system for some of the individuals going through some of the, the things that we talk about on our show. Let us know. Um, it takes a community, so let's all just get this up together and just try to do what we can do. You know what I mean? OTR, we're out. You're listening to OTR, Voices from the Inside Out. Hit us up on Instagram um, at AmadeusTO. So at Amadeus, A-M-A-D-E-U-S-Z. Or you can uh, email us at otramadeus.ca. Yes, OTR listeners, it's that time again. It's time for us to drop another banger from one of our local artists. Here's Denny with Love Me. Y'all take a listen. What's good, everybody? I hope everything is well with you guys. Uh, you're now tuned into Off the Record, powered by Amadeus, and it's your boy Denny here. You're listening to my new song, Love Me. Let's go.
it's hidden, they search for your love They mad that I have you, I guess I'm in love Void in my heart and that shit had me stuck But your love is a blessing, got me out the mud Merch alert, merch alert <laughs> You already know what it is, man We're doing a merch drop Limited edition, change over chains, hoodies Designed by Exclusity And Trent Out Loud I'm telling you, these, th- these sweaters are dope I already got mine Make sure you get yours um, 100% of the proceeds goes to Amadeus Their services, it helps to man them out So, you know, do your part Get your sweaters now while supplies last Sweaters can be found on Amadeus Nobody else can get these feelings from me Your heart is what I want so baby love me You're the only one I want to love me So love me You and me baby ain't no in between Yeah, tell me your secrets I'll tell you my dreams I know I'll be worth it if you do not leave I'll give you my heart and I disappear. Listeners, what do you guys think about that? Let us know. Hit us up. You know the handle. OTR. Voice from the inside out.